Hi, this is Jim. Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Adulting. Uh, today, our topic is Job Searching 101, and we have Michelle Brennan with us. Hi, Michelle. Hi there. I'm happy to be here. Michelle is with a local organization called Virginia Career Works, and she has quite a history in HR as well. So we're going to talk about how to find a job. And, and the theme today or the focus is going to be more on sort of entry-level hourly wage jobs. And the reason I make that distinction is because uh, it's a different process and different experience if you are, say, coming out of college and you have a four-year degree and colleges usually have a placement center to help you. And so this is a little more geared towards maybe uh, straight out of high school or recently out of the military. So with that set up, Michelle, let's say, um, where do people look for jobs? Oh, well, that's a great question. There's a lot of places out there to do it. Um, I, I want to first um, jump into like the, well, well, I'm sorry, we'll go ahead and talk about um, some of the, like maybe my top three okay. areas where you would go to seek jobs. Cool. Um, so every area has an American Job Center. And I'll be talking about this kind of throughout this process because um, it's a great resource for folks um, from everything from resume, job search, um, interview skills, all those things that doesn't cost anything. And they're everywhere in the country. Every, every county has one, essentially? Yeah, every um, area, like the Roanoke in Virginia, for example, and the Roanoke area that covers... Um, all, you know, all the surrounding area there. And then we have, there's one in the New River Valley and there's one in Franklin County. And okay. I, um, so yeah, everywhere um, in the country and it's um, mandated by the Department of Labor. So now here they're called Virginia Career Works. What, they're all one-stop senators and they're, you can search for it through Google um, as American Job Center though, no matter where you're looking for it in the country. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, mm -hmm. so that gives you a little little idea there of maybe some of the resources to use, but um, how, to, how to find a job, where to go to find a job. So American Job Centers are one of those places you can go. You can go in and Virginia um, Workforce Connect is the search engine that um, you use for job search through that, through, um, that's state funded. Then some of the very popular ones would be ZipRecruiter. Yep. And then Indeed. So those yeah. are probably the top three I would suggest. Okay. And for the audience, if you've never looked at Indeed, it's it, it's a little bit like Google for jobs. They aggregate from other job sites. So it's kind of billed as one-stop shopping. Right. Um, now, each of those will take you to, um, depending on who what you're applying for, each of them will take you to um, different places. So like if you're applying for a position at Target, for example, it'll take you to Target's website from that search engine generally. So in all of them do that. Um, also, they're all very similar in the sense that um, you just, you know, if you just search it, you'll go in and you'll register or sign up and it's all the kind of the same process too. So, but those are probably the top three. Now I would suggest for your for future 
that you begin a LinkedIn account. You won't have a lot to add at the moment, but it is a it is a really big resource that you'll be able to add to. And um, recruiters will in the future be looking at LinkedIn to, to recruit you. So um, just build on that LinkedIn account and yep. you can get help, help with that by, by through the American Job Centers too. Good, good advice. Okay. And you, you mentioned applications. I, I assume most of them are online these days, right? Yes. Maybe. Most of them, but not all of them. Yeah. Um, they both, the, you want to start them both out the same way. You want to read the whole thing before you start filling it in. Just read the whole thing. Um, also collect all the information beforehand so that um, you're able to kind of work through it quickly and you already have things like addresses um, um, and any, if you have done anything, for example, any um, community work, uh, volunteering, um, you're in any groups, you yeah. know, any, anything that you, you might be able to use on your resume or the job application, you want to collect all that information before, read through it, um, and then start filling it in. And I suggest if it's written, um, just, you know, one, of course, you want it to be, you want to um, be very neat and you want to spell it correctly and all those <laughs> things. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay to use your phone and type out that sentence before you type it into um, the, the, um, the space there or use your computer to, to type the sentence to do your spell check and grammar check. So, And I know from life experience, nobody gives that recommendation unless they've seen that flaw many, many times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and have, have experienced it themselves. So yeah. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I know in doing online applications, of course, I'm older and I have a lot of work history. So they take me 45 minutes because I've got all these former jobs to put in with start dates and end dates. And right. obviously younger people won't have the same thing, but that's uh, right. But they can be a little bit time consuming to do. So then you've been on the other side of this. When when somebody clicks send on that application, what, what happens next? So generally it goes into a... Um, kind of a holding tank <laughs> and the HR manager will, will sort it through um, to, in some of those will be automatically kicked out for different things. So you want to make sure again, you fill it out completely. And then also that you um, where it asks you for the, what you can work, what you're willing to work, you know, your availability, yep. do the most you can do. I don't just pick those primo hours unless that's what you need to work because that could just kick you right out, okay. even though you'd be willing to work others, you know, so do the most you're willing to do because as a, as an HR manager, um, you know, I'm looking at those people that are going to be available the most or the times that we need them. Gotcha. Okay. So. And then quick, does anything else come to mind in terms of what would kick you out? I mean, I assume if you check that box that you have a felony record, that probably flags it a lot of places. It doesn't kick it out. Um, and generally the receiving HR manager won't even see that piece. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, right. they won't see that piece. And you, the important thing is to be honest because when if you are offered the position and they run the background check, generally... Um, depending on what it is, that's not going to knock you out if you have any type of background or, you know, okay. any type of record. 
depend, you know, it just depends, but what they want to see is that it matches. Yeah. <laughs> so be sure of that. And the then it needs to match your record. That's for sure. Yeah. So make sure that now that, like I said, the hiring manager, the HR manager won't see that that'll be run through the kind of the background group at most places. Okay. And then, uh, so then that hiring manager might get 85 resumes. Yep. And what's that person going to do to find, I don't know, 10 to talk to? I will tell you, yeah, you, well, usually it depends on how many positions are being hired for. You know, if you're talking about some, you know, retail, big box retail and things like that, seasonally, they could be hiring like 75 people, but 500 people will be applying. So, yeah. so you still have to do all the, you know, make yourself, again, probably the biggest thing is filling it out completely. And then also availability, give okay. your most available time. And then uh, in, in hopes that you are then contacted by phone, uh, I just thought of this as we we're talking Make sure that your uh, voicemail has a polite message on it. Um, nothing that says yo or something that right. is slang and funny to you and your friends, because mm-hmm. it's obviously, you know, a professional HR person might be calling you about a job you want. Yeah. And that's a good point. So too, when you're filling out your, your application and you have to put in your email address, make sure it's an appropriate email address as well. I- I have seen this one because I was hiring for a job once in a previous role, and I can't remember verbatim what it was, but it was a sexual. It was essentially um, the woman had an email that was like "sexy mama twenty nine or yes. something like that, and it was just. And yes. the, the funny thing is, when I asked her about it, she said, "Oh, I should have used my other one." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yes, you have. should have. Yeah. Um, another thing to point out is, um, HR managers do. Facebook stalk. I mean, that's not an unusual thing for them to do. So either lock your lock your social media down mm-hmm. or clean it up before you apply for a job because they're going to look. Uh, yeah, I actually had that uh, in terms of things that employers will do. Um, of course, we're, maybe this isn't all exactly in order, but eventually most employers will do a criminal background check and a drug test, right? Yes. Um, and then, yeah, they may look you up on social media. And if you have a, I, I can only speak to Facebook because I'm too old for the other ones. But if you have a global Facebook account where everything you put and every rant and complaint you've made to the world is visible, that could mm-hmm. easily get you disqualified. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then uh, as far as I, my own experience, drug tests, they usually uh, will tell you, they usually use a testing facility that is not the company. So like if you're applying at Lowe's, they'll probably say, all right, we use a lab core. It's three miles down the road. And mm-hmm. I've been in this situation before where they will say, we're issuing you uh, like a voucher to go there and you have 48 hours. And if you don't show up in 48 hours, it's a, an assumed failure of the drug test. Well, it just disqualifies you. Normally, yeah. that's that's what you say. And it could be different kinds. For example, um, one play, one uh, um, business that I was a HR manager for, we did um, the mouth swabs and we sent them off, but we did the mouth swab right there in the office. Like a job was offered, they accepted it. We did the swab. That makes hiring a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so... There's that. And then we also, um, in that 
at that company, um, we also had drivers, delivery drivers, those folks I had to send to um, somewhere with, with a voucher basically, and they would have to do a urine test. Yeah. Um, so it, it could go either way and um, definitely, uh, you know, be prepared for that because they will probably do it. And like I said, it could very easily be the day they offer and you accept if you're sitting there, they're going to do it right there. I, and I, I was once in a role where I had to hire a temp and I found someone who was perfect. It was a, it was a department that involved sign language and she knew sign language. And I was, I mean, perfect for the role and she failed the drug test. I was so disappointed. I know uh, it's very painful. <laughs> and the other thing, um, I, maybe employers, do they ever go look at a uh, credit score? It, it depends on what the, probably not necessarily with the entry level positions. Okay. That is something you'll worry about later when you start to get into an executive position or if you get in a financial position anywhere with banks and things like that in one of the managerial positions, but not probably not entry level positions, but it's always good to keep, you know, working on your credit and make your credit good. So <laughs> sure. Okay. So let's, uh, let's say somebody applies to Lowe's for, you know, a, uh, a job and they actually are called in for an interview. What, what might they expect? All right. So they'll, they'll, generally they'll get the call. Now, a lot of companies now, um, are doing it by, um, like you'll get an email and then you can choose the time you want to do your interview. Um, and a lot of them are doing that initial interview virtually because of, you know, the state of our world right now. And I don't know if it's ever going to go back, you know, like exactly like it was before, but so right now your interview will probably first be virtual and, um, and then, then, and you could very well just be offered the position at that point or called back from that virtual interview. Okay. Um, but, um, a lot, most of them are doing a second interview. That first interview, you're, they're kind of screening out some folks yep. and then they bring you in for the final interview. And for the audience, uh, if that happens to be a phone screen, uh, that's one thing, or it might be Zoom, um, right. which is Michelle and I are talking right now. But that's also a situation where you turn the TV off, or if it's Zoom, you are dressed appropriately, and you put the barking dog out back, you, know, you act like it's important. Exactly. Exactly. In practice, if you haven't been using it, although I'm sure that the younger folks are all using it some some way somehow right now, but um, and are probably better at it than a lot of us. But <laughs> they um, be sure and and practice with you know I don't know friend or whatever um, so that you feel comfortable. You get the camera right. You know which direction to face it and all those good things. Yeah. So as as a hiring manager uh, in the past, what sort of questions do you like to ask candidates? Okay, so that's that's a good. I mean, this is a great piece of this because it could be one. It could be one of two different types of interview questions, and you have to be prepared for both because every company is different. But the questions are all fall in between these two. Um, so there's regular kind of old-fashioned questions. The ones like, you know, what are your strengths? Why, you know, why do you want to work for this company? What skills do you bring to the table? You know, things like that. But many companies are doing more performance-based interviews, which means they're going to, 
the questions are going to be like, tell me about a time when, like, tell me about a time when you had a difficult customer experience. Um, you know, what happened with that? Or tell me about a time that you had a disagreement with a coworker, you know, tell me about that. Okay. So, so you need to be prepared for both. And back back when I was in grad school, we used to call that the star inter, uh, interview question of situation, yeah. task, action, and result. Exactly. And back exactly. when I finished grad school, I could ace those, but we're not going to do those now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And But here's what you do want to do. Just do a simple search. Of course, you can go to your American Job Center and they'll help you there. So okay. Virginia Career Works or wherever it happens to be. I don't. I don't know how how far stretching this is. So I don't want to limit it to Virginia or anything. Sure. Um, so um, they can certainly help you and they'll do mock interviews with you. And if you have a friend or someone that'll do those mock interviews with you, but you can go just search them online, search interview questions online and get somebody to ask them to you. you it'll just get you in the mode to have thought about things. Here's another thing that I tell everybody to do. Be sure and think about times that you did things you were proud of or you did something well. Like, and even if you don't have any previous work experience, say it was when you were, you know, if you were on a sports team, something that happened with a, with a peer, you know, that question about, you know, I, if you ever had a disagreement with a coworker, well, you can use that example that you had with a peer at school sure. or, you know, any, any volunteer event, something that happened at church, you know, whatever, just think of things that went well and think, have those stories kind of ready so that you can share those stories and, and don't get stuck on the um, performance base. They're actually so much easier once you understand that they really want you just to tell them that story, right? Tell them the story, you know, what your thought process was, what that outcome was, and don't pick something that didn't the outcome wasn't good <laughs> even if you did everything right so you're proud of that piece of it but it didn't come out right then don't use that when you use another example yeah okay yeah. gotcha um so that's the kind of interview questions you get and as a hiring manager do you know pretty quickly talking to someone whether you're interested yes you you can tell pretty much into the first question yeah um, now that doesn't mean that my mind was never changed, okay. but I mean, for, you know, the most part you could tell into the first question. And I would say I have not done a nearly as much hiring as you have, but, uh, you know, the thing that jumps off the page, uh, for when a candidate is in front of you is, are they even acting interested in the job? Exactly. So, you know, that's really important when you come in, you know, right now you probably aren't going to be doing um, handshaking if it's an in-person interview yep. and they'll understand that. Look them in the eye, um, you know, let smile to be friendly, you know, be open. Um, when you, when you sit down, have a good posture, don't, you know, lay back in your seat or anything like that, have good posture and stay engaged and and, and what they're asking you and, and don't interrupt, let them finish because they're, they have a question. They have something they're trying to get to, to understand these are going to be ranking you against other people. So let them finish so that you know exactly what they, you know, what you need to share with them too. Yeah. And, uh, I cannot say this enough to a young audience dress appropriately. Absolutely. Good hygiene, brush your hair, brush your teeth. 
nothing <laughs> nothing too sexy and if you are of the baggy pants generation use a belt that day because yeah I, I mean i can tell you if you can't operate pants i'm not going to hire you to do anything else so that's right um it's amazing how people do show up woefully unprepared in terms of dress yep yeah just make an effort and, sure. and really, I mean, when you're talking about, even if you don't have those clothes, right, you go to Goodwill and for about eight bucks, you can get a pair of khakis and a button down shirt and look Absolutely. like something. Yeah. Right. Just make sure it's clean and ironed. The other thing is make sure you aren't chewing gum yes. or, you know, anything Turn like that. Turn off your phone. Is that what you said? Yeah. You know, if, if, if I was interviewing someone and they, and they bothered to look at their phone, I'd be done. Yep. Yep. Or they're now I've had some of these ring, like they had it in their purse and it rang and they really just forgot to turn it off, but just yeah. don't be that person to forget to turn it off. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right. So then um, let's say a job is offered to you. I'm, I'm thinking of people who have never had a, maybe they've worked at an ice cream shop or whatever, but never had a real first job supporting themselves. What questions should they ask? Okay. Well, good. Well, Actually, ask them, I, I'll, I'll tell you two sets of questions because um, you want to ask questions before you they offer you the job too. And right. then once they offer you the job, right? And they're two very different questions. Um, and you don't want to ask a bunch. Like I've done an interview. Um, I mean, I've, um, you know, delivered an interview and the person I was interviewing asked me five or six questions I was like okay enough before I even <laughs> offered the position yeah. <laughs> it became really long and drawn out so just ask a couple questions and a good one to always ask is how soon are you planning on making this decision um that's a good one okay. um and then also um you know will you be getting back to me either way you know um that's another good one so but I mean, you can have other questions, but those are two good, safe ones to do to give okay. you the information you need. Now, once you're offered the position, that's the time to talk about, how, of course, during the offer, they should have told you how much they would be paying you, but sometimes they don't. So, you know, ask them what that salary it will be or that, you know, pay rate. Um, ask them about benefits if they haven't already talked about benefits. Um, and ask them how many hours you would, you know, they anticipate that you'd be getting. Yeah. And if you are, if you're listening and you are truly new to this conversation, benefits would be things like uh, health insurance or long-term disability. Uh, right. there, there are a couple of others, but those are things that, you know, they'll deduct some from your paycheck, but they make it a better job. Usually um, Absolutely. Most, most people want health insurance at least. Yeah. And um, benefits also include time off, paid time off too, which are, you know, is a great thing to get in a lot of places do that part-time now too. Yeah. I think Starbucks yeah. was the, the one that famously started that trend about 20 years ago. Um, yeah. and, and then in terms of if you're offered the job, you should ask, you know, what, if it's using Lowe's as an example, like what shift will I be right. primarily assigned knowing full well that they might say, we're going to start you out on the 6 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. shift and, you know, Saturday through Thursday. And, and then that may change or you might, you know, as needed, get overtime on different shifts. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
I actually, I, I just made a note here to explain overtime. Um, how does overtime work? It's Okay, so um, overtime, you get paid, generally it's a time and a half if you have to work over 40 hours. Um, I think it's important to ask if, and, and I would do this after you get offered the job, um, but that's another question you wanna ask is, is it common for employees here to get overtime? Some companies are like, absolutely no overtime. We aren't doing overtime. Yeah. Um, and some companies are like, well, you know, it happens sometimes during this time so that you understand, um, you know, how that works. But it's 40 hour, it's over 40 hours within a seven day period. Okay, so not not over eight hours in a day. It's the total of forty exactly, hours. Exactly right. And um, and I, I don't know what you would do if they said, "Yeah, we usually have people work overtime, but you know, like I've got a kid at home, I can't do more than my shift." How would you handle that? Well, that then would be the time to talk about it, then okay. because um, overtime with a lot of companies. Are, isn't mandatory it is with some some people like getting overtime so it's a plus for them to work there right some people can't for because of other obligations school children whatever it happens to be um so that would be a question before you accepted the position that you would want to clarify with them because you may be somebody who really hey, I'll, I'll take all the hours of money i can get right now or you know but you also may not be able to do that also, um, I have had a note here to mention that a lot of these jobs will come with some sort of probationary period. Maybe mm -hmm. So person. usually it's a 90 day probationary period. Now, you always want to have good attendance, yep. but do not miss a day in that first 90 days. <laughs> Don't call in. And it's also a great time for you to when they call you to come in to come in, you know, because it's always, you're really kind of setting the stage for showing you're, you're dependable and, you know, eager to be there and they'll be much more likely to make that a permanent position. And that goes for temp too. So there's, you know, you're offered a permanent position, but there's a 90 day figuring out whether you, you know, you want to continue there or they want to keep you, but there's also temp, temp positions, yeah. holiday positions. I will tell you every Every company that I've worked for that I've had to hire seasonal, that the folks that show up and work and do a good job get offered a position. Yeah, um, and that's actually, I, I know uh, that's that's a big thing at UPS this time of year, hires their truck assistants. And yeah. people who show up with Hustle uh, typically get offered a permanent position from that. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. that's the biggest thing. Attendance is the hardest thing, especially in these entry-level jobs. Um, the hardest thing that companies struggle with to get really dependable folks. Yeah. And they, although, um, and okay, well, let's, let's talk about that. So in terms of people struggling to attend work, <laughs> is it typically a transportation problem or an I can't set an alarm clock problem? Or? Well, it kind of runs the gamut. Um, you know, it, sometimes it's a will issue. It's like, yeah, I got the job, but I don't really want to work. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's that, you know, they take a position, but, you know, maybe it's early position and they really, you know, 
early isn't for them. They should they should be looking for positions that maybe are you know later, or um, or there could be transportation issues as well. Yes. Now those are questions employers can't ask you before they hire you. They can't ask you about transportation. Nope. Oh, I didn't know that. Nope. Okay. They can't ask you. There's several things they can't ask you. They can't ask you how large your family is. If you have children, your religion, your um, uh, political affiliation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, there's, there's others they can't ask you, but um, they can't ask you those things and you don't necessarily want to share that with them either. Okay. So um, yeah, although you do have to think anytime you're going to take a job, you have to consider how you're going to get there. Absolutely. If you do not have a car, then you're probably looking, well, first and foremost, like what can you walk to or take a bike to, um, but then- Or bus route. (laughs) Yeah, but then then you have to consider as an adult, you have to consider, all right, if I'm going to get there by 10 a.m., I have to catch the 811 bus. Correct whatever gets you there safely in time because your employer is not going to say show up when you feel like it there's going to be a clock in time that you you will be expected to adhere to that and especially in that 90-day probationary period there it's just not going to work out they'll just walk you out the door if you're chronically late that's correct yeah absolutely that's the quickest way to lose a job it's the most common way for people to lose their job too for attendance issues one it's the least messy for the company because it's all documented yeah cut and dry it's clear as can be and yeah so attendance is definitely the the one that um most people you know will will, if they lose their job that's why dependability okay and um i guess in in most of these jobs you're just going to be assigned to a supervisor and you've got to do your best to get along with that person that's right now generally um you're you're interviewed by a manager within every every company i've worked for so far i know it's not like that everywhere but um it it usually involves hr and who would be the supervisor so you get an idea of that person and that's something you want to consider too when you're sitting there doing the interview if you know you you feel like there could you know you get to decide you're interviewing them as well you know this this is a this is something you want to make sure that this is something you want to do and where you want to be. Okay. Yeah, that that that's a very good point, and it's this is a little bit dicey what I'm getting into now because in a probationary period you kind of just have to toe the line. Right. Uh, when you're there a little bit longer, I mean, you because somebody could get a supervisor who does things that are inappropriate or or whatever. I mean, it's I don't know. I I personally feel like. If somebody's doing something wrong, you should bring it to the attention of HR every time. But if you're on probation for a job you really want to keep, you yeah. might be Well, to- I don't know. I would still do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would still do it. I mean, I would never tell someone to just kind of not, not address it. I would probably still do it. Okay. Yeah. And, and most, most jobs are going to dictate a payroll schedule of probably either every two weeks on a Friday or first and 15th of the month. Um, So you're not going to be. Yeah, most are bi-weekly now um, that I've seen. um, And usually there's a week 
lax in it. So basically you work two weeks, they're processing that those two weeks that next week and you get paid on the Friday or so, whatever. It's generally the way it is. So you, you want to count on a week out for your first paycheck. And, I was, and that's not everywhere, but it's just very common. So just something for you to consider. And that's something you can ask also after you're hired. You know, when do they pay? When is that pay period paid? Yeah. Things like that. So. Okay. And, and when you are hired, act, you know, in the interview, act like someone who wants the job. When you're hired, act like someone who wants to keep the job. Absolutely. Uh, especially, you, you know, when you're in a certain, well, almost every work environment, there's somebody who's just there, not taking the job very seriously, and maybe sets a really bad example of how to behave. Correct. Uh, and that's not the person you want to buddy up with. Yeah, align yourself with the folks that you. I mean, you can tell the folks that are doing a good job and who are not. <laughs> I mean, pretty quickly. Yeah. So be exactly. sure to align yourself with the right folks there. Exactly. Okay. Well, you know, there's a whole lot more I'd like to talk to you about. Maybe some other time on. Uh, cause you, you have so much knowledge about this, but in terms of getting somebody in the door, I think we've covered the major topics. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. And as I, as I warned you, I end all of my episodes with a final question. So in the whole realm of all things in the adult world, what is something you wish you had figured out before you were 25? To, that it does not make you look inadequate or or um, like you're not doing a good job when you ask for help, ask for help, ask for questions. (laughs) I mean, ask those questions. Don't just sit back and not do it correctly. Ask the questions. It'll make all the difference in not just job world, but everywhere in your world. That is actually one of the points on my website. Uh, Good good work habits. Uh, It's in there is raise your hand and ask for help. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's very important because culturally, uh, you know, in this country, we kind of want everyone to think we know what we're doing all the time. Yep. And it's not embarrassing to ask for help. It's embarrassing to not ask for help and then make a real big mistake. Absolutely. Um, definitely, definitely ask those questions. Yep. Okay, Michelle, this was super helpful. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll coordinate with you sometime and have you back and we'll, we'll see if we can do this again. Sounds good. Thank you so much. That concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any follow-up questions, you can email me at askjimkta at gmail.com or for more information, check out kitchentableadulting.com. 